This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, Odyssey original podcast. We cover the Las Vegas Raiders. Raider Nation, shout out as we get set to do our next position breakdown, and that is on the defensive line. That's right. We're going to go one of the positions of focus, I think, for the Raiders this offseason, as we've talked about. And, of course, uh, welcome back in my co-host, Mo Moten. And, Mo, we, we talked about Patrick Graham in the first segment with Jesse and how he wants to move things and switch things around there and keep it fluid, if you will. Uh, and on the interior and on the defensive front at the edge as well, defensive line coach Frank Oko came over from the Panthers. Uh, he's got a different philosophy, too, that I think is going to, in my view, is going to be- benefit this Raiders team, including Chandler Jones, including Max Crosby. That defensive line last year that he coached in Carolina, 52 total sacks, uh, they allowed just 305 yards a game, which is good for second in the NFL. But they did allow almost 24 points a game, which was 21st in the NFL. When you look at Frank Oakham, what he did in Carolina, the talent you have and the philosophy that's coming in with Patrick Graham, how do you think that these players will fit into that system and with that new coaching input? I think they've upgraded the coaching staff all the way around. Um, what do you think uh, of Frank Oakham and what he's going to be able to do? I think you're going to expect an aggressive defensive front. Of course, now he had an even man front, mostly in Carolina. The Raiders are probably going to run a mostly odd man front. But when you look at Derek Brown, Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, who just signed a big down in Philadelphia, those guys were, were proactive and they were they were aggressive up front. Uh, 11 sacks, I believe, for, for Hassan Reddick. Nine, I believe, for Brian Burns. And he was a pro bowler. So if you look at those numbers, you got to like what he can translate over to the Raiders' defensive line. Now, the Raiders have a young defensive line. Of course, Quentin Jefferson out. Solomon Thomas out. Uh, Darius Fylon, I believe, is still a free agent. The Raiders hosted him for a visit, but didn't sign him. Of course, he tore his patella tennis. That may be part of it. But new defensive line. Again, young outside of Jonathan Hankins, who I believe may split snaps with Neil Farrell Jr., who's a fourth-round pick in this year's draft. But Matthew Butler and, and also... Um, as I just mentioned, Farrell, I think those two guys are going to have to provide the depth along the line. Of course, Bilal Nichols, I believe he's getting seven to eight million guaranteed. He's going to be, I believe, the linchpin that's going to have to be on field for all three downs. I think he gets about 70% of the snaps. I think he was an underrated player in Chicago, could pretty much grow on that Las Vegas Raiders defensive line. Yeah, and we look at that front. We, we talked about the stats. They, they rushed the quarterback well, but they gave up a lot of points. Was that a, a situation where Frank Oakham and that team and Patrick Graham now with the defensive scheme that they're going to pressure the quarterback? So that's, of course, going to put more pressure on that young, as you mentioned, defensive backfield. Is that what we saw a little bit in Carolina with that that kind of the, the points per game number kind of jumping up a little bit? You also have to look at Carolina's offense. Remember, football is a complimentary game. So if your offense is not moving the ball well, you're putting your defense in bad situations. I, just doing the research, the uh, Pan- the Panthers, I believe, were top three and worst 
uh, field field positioning as far I believe they had the worst field positioning of any defense at the, they start at their own 33 yard line. So you're mm. thinking about it, you're giving the offense a short field to 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 go through, and that's a lot of pressure on your defense. By the way, the Giants were also in the top three. We'll talk about Pat a little bit later in his defense, but again, if your offense is not moving the ball, it puts a lot of pressure on your defense. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, let's now let's shift to. Uh, the players at the positions. And let's start with the edge. Of course, everybody's focused on Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, but you have Cleland Farrell still there in probably the last throws if he doesn't come through, which we don't know yet. Um, and, and they talked about moving him back outside a little bit as well. And you talked about as well, Matthew Butler and some of the other folks there. What do you expect out of this edge group uh, and Max Crosby, Chandler Jones? Chandler Jones, still a great player. I know people are excited about him. But is there any reservation there? What does he need to do better than what we saw last year in order to be as dominant on the other side as Max Crosby is on his side? I think as long as Chandler Jones stays healthy, he'll be fine. Maybe he's not the dominant player he was four or five years ago. Now, mm -hmm. just keep in mind, I believe he had 10 and a half sacks last year. Just keep in mind, he had five in one game, I believe, against the Tennessee Titans. He he he, he tore up uh, Taylor Lewan <laughs> in that game. And Lewan pretty much said, you know, th this guy basically dominated me in the trenches. So, Half his sacks came in that one game. So could be a little misleading when you look at the sack numbers, but still a pretty solid player on, on the outside. I think he'll be a better run defender than Yannick Ngakwe was on the edge. So you get an upgrade in that sense. Now with Max Crosby demanding some double teams, I believe Chandler, Chandler Jones will get some one-on-one -on -one, uh, matchups. And he did say, I believe he was, on a, he was on a show two weeks ago, he said you can't double team both of us. And if you double team mm -hmm. one guy, I think the other guy can win his matchup. And also on the inside, if, if they're double teaming on the outside, your interior guys, Bilal Nichols, Matthew Butler, if he starts, Jonathan Hankins, I know he's not much of a pass rusher, but those guys have to be able to push the pocket as well if, if they're ganging up on the guys on the outside. You know, Mo, at, at times uh, under the Gruden coaching staff, we heard last year too about Malcolm Kuntz, a lot of good things about him. Um, what do you want to see from him uh, to, to play into that rotation and to be a player that perhaps can at least contribute? I don't think he's going to be a dominant player in the NFL based on what I've seen. What's your thoughts on Malcolm Coons? Natural progression for him. Um, he had, I believe he had back-to-back -back sacks last year, one against the yep. uh, Washington Commanders and against Kansas City Chiefs. Then you didn't hear too much about him, but he had some flashes. So he's going to be out there probably as a, a situational pass rusher because I believe Kyle Fass was going to be the third best edge rusher on that defense. He played two years, I believe, under Patrick Graham. Played under him in Green Bay. He had 10 and a half sacks one year. Then reunited with Patrick Graham in New York. I believe he had three, four sacks there. But uh, he knows the system, so he's going to be a media plug-and-play player. Coons would be, the, the, I believe, the fourth guy on that on that edge rusher list. Uh, Cleveland Farrell, as you mentioned, were probably mixed between the edge on the inside. So I wouldn't say he's a pure edge rusher. I wouldn't say he's a pure interior defensive player lineman but he's going to be moving back and forth so he'll be fluid but the guy I would keep an eye on Kyle Fackrell is the name I would watch I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
There you go. You have it for Mostradamus. Uh, let's go on the inside now. One of the guys that I know we, we've talked about and you've mentioned quite a bit, not only here on Silver and Black today, but also in your pieces up on uh, Bleacher Report and Sports Not, which is uh, Bilal Nichols, from who they signed from the Bears, uh, a, a guy inside, which I think the coaching staff seems to be pretty excited about it, what, can, what he could do. What did we learn about him in Chicago? And why do we think he could take the next step and be that guy in the middle that the Raiders need him to be? Hate to use this cliche, but he's got an endless motor. He's going to get you the, the effort sacks. He's not going to give up on a play. He's going to chase a running back 10, 12, 15 yards down the field. He's not exactly, I know we, I know I made a point to say that Patrick Graham was going to add a lot of 300 pounds to the defensive line. I believe Blount Nichols is a shade under. I believe he's in the 290s. Uh, so he's a very athletic big guy. So he can get after it on against the run and against the pass. Again, I think at his young age, in his mid 20s, he'll be able to blossom into a into a, a 60 to 70 percent defensive snap player. And I I look out for him to make take a big step with the Raiders. And what is it about uh, Matthew Butler coming out of Tennessee? Uh, this kid looks really strong, and I've watched the film. Looks really good, and and I think they 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 got a nice pick there uh, on paper. But what is it about his game and fitting in that scheme, fitting in that group that we talked about? Jonathan Hankins, the veteran, like you said, not a big pass rusher, but does a nice yeoman's job in the middle. What is it about Matthew Butler that should excite Raider fans? First of all, I think Matthew Butler is actually going to be the star in that defensive line. I've been saying that oh. you know for, for weeks now. I think he's actually going to start over Vernon Butler, the the, the veteran who. Hasn't really done much over the last two years with the Bills. I believe he had six sacks in 2019, but it's been quiet since then. Matthew Butler is the guy coming out of Tennessee, played in a very front out there in, in Tennessee. So he's used to uh, sub packages, and base, and coming out nickel, and just being aware of what he has to do, his his role, his job in certain packages. I think he fits in very well with that defensive line philosophy with uh, under Patrick Graham to be an immediate contributor. He did show some pass rushing prowess in his last year at Tennessee. I believe he had five sacks and eight and a half tackles for loss. So you did see that part of his game. And if he blossoms in that aspect, he's going to be a playmaker on that front line. Well, here's the question, Mo. I mean, you have these pieces that they've brought in. They obviously had churn. You talked about who's gone and who, and we've talked about now who's come in. Um, looking at and paper's paper, right? You got to get it done on the field. But looking at what they've done on that defensive line in this offseason, do they have the talent? to make that get that push in the middle that they've lacked really what for four or five years, they've had moments where we saw some of these guys come in and do some good things, but they've also had some big misses again, former coaching staff, different regime. But what is it about this unit that gives you hope that they can get it done? I believe the flashes were there last year between Farrell, Neil Farrell Jr. And Matthew Butler. I think you should be excited about both guys coming out of college. Basically I wouldn't say after their best year for Farrell. I mean, Maybe his uh, next to last year, his penultimate year, was the best year for him at LSU. But I'm really excited about Matthew Butler and Bilal Nichols being the bookends on that defensive, on that tier defensive line because I think both guys can get after the quarterback and stop the run. And then you have Jonathan Hankins, who we know is a pretty solid run stuffer. Farrell is going to be his guy. Is going to be his eventual replacement probably next year. I would say the end of this year possibly. I actually had Hankins on on a bit of a hot seat. Hankins didn't practice during the spring. And I think that's because, you know, he's a veteran, so he doesn't really need to show much in those workouts. But if Farrell shows something during the spring, I think he's the guy that can take over the starting position over Hankins eventually. They didn't sign Hankins to a huge deal. I don't think he's making $2.5 million on his one-year re-signed deal. Mm -hmm. So if Farrell shows something at camp, he can actually take over that position and start. So there's a lot of youth there, so there's a lot to be excited about as far as upside. 
Yeah. And, and before, and, and, and I agree, Mo, and I think it's, it's a situation where I, I think it's, it, they upgraded significantly in my view, uh, especially, but it's, it's kind of a sneaky upgrade, right? It's not big names. You didn't go out and sign some of these guys that, that fans might've wanted to see on the, the transaction sheet, but uh, they've gotten better. And I think they've gotten quicker too, right? Which is important, uh, especially in the AFC West. And I know we're not going to do a separate position breakdown, but before we head to the break linebacker, Let's talk a little bit about linebacker. You did your 53-man projected roster, your early one before camp up on sportsnot.com. If you haven't read it, I suggest you go do that. Talk about that linebacker position, which has been kind of a black hole. Of course, we know the Corey Littleton, a very expensive experiment, did not work. Um, How is that shaping up, and how is that going to fit into that Graham system, which is different than what Raider fans are used to seeing? Before I dig into linebacker, I just want to put a bow on defensive line. I think defensive line – and Coach Oakham is going to Frank Oakham is going to be similar to Breston Buckner. You're going to look at those two guys similar. Both mm-hmm. former players, both played the position, so a lot is going to boil down to coaching. And I feel good about Frank Oakham. But as far as linebackers are concerned, I had some surprises in my 53 man depth chart. I had Darian Butler making it the undrafted rookie out of Arizona State. I believe uh, Antonio Pierce, who's the linebackers coach with the Raiders and was the defensive coordinator and co-defensive coordinator with Arizona State, can get the best out of him. I believe Jayon Brown and Denzel Perryman, who just had a Pro Bowl year, are going to be your two main linebackers. Now, people are going to say, well, what about Devon Diablo? And I will say Devon Diablo did play well at the end of last year when they decided to bench Corey Littleton. But when it comes down to experience, I believe Jayon Brown has about six years of experience. And he was a pretty solid starting linebacker for the most part with the Tennessee Titans. I think he edges Devon Diablo. But the three of them will play in a rotation uh, between Perryman, Diablo, and Brown. They'll all get significant snaps but the two main guys Perryman and Jayon Brown the two guys I think are going to get the most snaps at linebacker then the Diablo will fill in fill in some gaps and spell for both guys yeah no it's good yeah the the the, the that's the one thing too and not to disp- put dispersions on anyone else but I look at each of the position coaches on this staff and to me significant upgrades not only based on their history but their personality when you read the bios when you see where they've been and what they've done. And, and Josh McDaniel has been very good about putting these guys out there to talk to the media too. So you get a sense mm-hmm. for kind of who they are and their philosophy. And that's important because the media can ask. I know a lot of you think the media asks stupid questions all the time, but we actually ask some good <laughs> ones occasionally. And uh, I think in this case with these position coaches, you saw that happen uh, really, really uh, in overdrive as they were trying to get these new coaches in and get them exposure to the media. All right. We are now done with this segment. When we come back, Uh, We'll finish up a little bit on that. We're also going to ask some of those questions heading into camp that we have uh, as camp uh, gets underway this week, of course, in Henderson. It started yesterday, and we'll continue to roll on and get more significant as the week goes on. And that is around everything from chemistry to the McDaniels offense to uh, grasping the defense to how will the running back room shake out. So don't go anywhere. When Mo and I come back, we're going to talk through all those issues and any of the other news up on the board do us a favor make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it whether you're listening on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify uh, on the odyssey app wherever you get it do us a favor go subscribe give us a five-star rating we'd appreciate that as well also a quick shout out if you want to watch us especially mo got this killer new camera so you can see him even better now um check us out on youtube you can follow us on youtube.com slash silver black today we'll step aside we'll come back and we talk more raiders football here on silver and black today an odyssey original podcast